Welcome to the podcast Imperfect. I'm Kara Bartek. And I'm Rebecca Nisco. And this week we're joined by one of my good friends from college. I'm so excited to have him on, Kyle DeBeal. He is just, I mean, what doesn't he do? He's a filmmaker, a videographer, photographer, director, producer, editor. He does it all. Mm-hmm. And he's amazing at it. So just like a really charming, charismatic interesting person to talk to people person yeah big people person and i'm yeah so excited to have kyle on the show so many good lessons too i think and Mm -hmm. insights and i felt like a very humbling conversation because there's an expectation i think especially when you graduate from you graduate from a prestigious university in your field Mm-hmm. That you're going to do something amazing right away, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. and not that not that Kyle hasn't done amazing things, but he's so true and honest about his experience and and a, such a hard worker and fastidious and I think very smart. So mm-hmm. I think you'll get a lot out of the conversation. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it shows that if you are just like determined and passionate and put your mind to something that you know you'll get really spectacular results and. Kyle's work is no, you know, exception of that. No, no exception. And quite honestly, like he's only been working for two years, mm-hmm. and he's already I mean, amassed including such the a panda- including the yeah, pandemic. including the pandemic, yeah. and he's already amassed such high acclaim. He's got his own equipment now, and in the grand scheme of things, two years isn't really that yeah. much time. So, yeah, it's really established. So yeah, definitely yeah. go check out his work. But in the meantime, we hope you enjoy his episode. <laughs> Dubiel. I'm based in New York City uh, from New Jersey, and I am a director, videographer, filmmaker, photographer. I do it all. Editor. So I just do whatever job comes to me at the moment. Uh, but my passion is in really in filmmaking and directing. Uh, so that is that is what I try to do. Yeah, I think Amazing. quite well, actually. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, I, uh, I'd hope so. I, I kind of went to film school for it, invested in that. So I hope I'm at least half good, you know. Uh, but who knows? We'll find out when the Academy uh, doesn't ever nominate me for anything. So <laughs> Don't say that. Uh, Stop. Yeah. It's okay. We'll find out, though. It'll be a fun journey. It'll be a fun journey. That's for sure. It's a long journey. Anyway, <laughs> um, I always start with this question, and I'm not sure if I ever asked you this or that we ever talked about it before, but how did you get started in making movies and films? So I I started, I, I, I actually originally wanted to be an actor, mm-hmm. um, and it was in sixth grade, I uh, my friends and I uh, started making YouTube videos. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, and this was the time when, like, YouTube was good. You know, YouTube had five stars. You're trying to get five stars. And, like, a thousand views was, like, a large number of views. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just wanted a hundred subscribers. And if we got a thousand subscribers, you could join the partnership program and get, like, a, a banner 
on top of your channel. <laughs> like, other than that, you know, you, you weren't allowed to, like, customize anything. You could just, but if you were part of the partner program, you got a banner. And mm -hmm. that's all we wanted. So, you know, we started making videos. My friend got a video camera. Um, mm -hmm. It was some kind of Vidster, like, pistol grip, 240p, yeah. really yeah, yeah, disgusting yeah, yeah. camera. <laughs> yeah. And we would just make sketches. Um, oh. We would do puppet shows. Uh, we would do it was iCarly was big so we, mm -hmm. we did a the fluffa wuffagus show oh my which god was a, our uh, my friend and I both doing the stupid iCarly thing yeah, yeah that's amazing. it was <laughs> did a whole thing on flip phones it was really bad um it, or it was great honestly uh <laughs> ahead of its time um and so after uh after like a couple us trying to do that and it really not working um I eventually then made, uh, in seventh grade, I, I tried to make my first mm -hmm. movie myself. Instead of being the actor, I wanted to make it. And so it was a, um, it was a film called Objection uh, based on the video game uh, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. In right, which of course. <laughs> I directly took the script from the game itself and, made, and then I just wanted to film a live action version of it. Mm -hmm. uh, didn't work out, um, <laughs> but it was a fun experience, and I realized mm -hmm. at that moment that that's what I wanted to do, because mm -hmm. I wanted to make, uh, I wanted to direct, I wanted to make um, uh, films and stuff. So ever since then, I was always, you know, behind the camera, in front, I still also wanted to be an actor, so, you know, I started making YouTube videos by myself, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I did, I literally did everything. I, I took whatever trend was going on, and I did mm -hmm. it. I did Rubik's Cube. I did mm -hmm. animation. Mm -hmm. I did um, tutorials on anything, uh, which was funny because I didn't actually know how to use a program. What I would do is I would I would pirate a program, say <laughs> Macromedia Flash, which was Macromedia before Adobe. Like that was before. Yeah. Um, and I looked up a tutorial how to use Macromedia Flash, and then I would just copy <laughs> the tutorial. I didn't know how to use it. I would just I would just yeah. try and do it, and then post it for view, like. Yeah, never yeah. really worked, but yeah. I tried everything, and uh -huh. that was really my origin. And then I started focusing on like short films mm -hmm. uh, once I got to you know late middle school, eighth grade, and high school. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. And that's that was my origin story. <laughs> How many yeah. films do you think you've made in your life so far, like short films and stuff? Well, I've definitely made at least one hundred and fifty wow. YouTube videos or yeah. more, um, wow. but short films probably. You know, it's, it's, I've made a lot mm -hmm. uh, now that I think about it. Because even, you know, I was doing stop motion. I was trying out stop motion. Yeah. Uh, I was literally trying everything. Mm -hmm. I could get, you know, I, I had a digital point and shoot. My mom's digital point and shoot camera. And I remember I made a stop motion video. I never had a tripod. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so everything was very shaky. But here's what I did. I, um, I made a stop motion of a Rubik's Cube solving itself. Oh, that's cool. And what I did was I took a bigger Rubik's Cube, I put it next to the smaller one, and I put the camera, which the lens kind of like, you know, it comes, it like comes out, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I tilted it like onto its lens on oh. the edge of the bigger Rubik's Cube, and it kind of made right. it stable. Oh, um, cool, I yeah. I still had to hit the shutter button every time, yeah, so right. it was like, you know, um, but, you know, it, it worked for what wasn't we were, like was trying to do. It wasn't like shaking up and down, like... You know, not like that. Yeah, it was just horribly, a yeah. little jittery. It was a little jittery, but it was pretty good for someone who had no equipment trying yeah. to. And that and that really was always uh, where I was coming from. I was the only kid in my town who 
had any interest in mm-hmm. making films. I mean, my yeah. one friend and I made them up until about high school together, but then he, mm-hmm. you know, he started moving on. Like, everybody grew out of it. I just yeah. never did. And, <laughs> and it was tough because I had to, like, make everything by myself. I had to be the one-man crew. I had to be the camera. And a lot of the times I had to be in front of the camera too. So there was a lot of, you know, click. Like, so many times I'd go up, hit the record button, walk around, and, like, hope it works and yeah, do it yeah, and then yeah, go back yeah. and have to watch. And it's just, yeah. you know, it was a uh, – it definitely builds character. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You, you do this whole take and you walk back and you realize you're out of focus because uh, <laughs> you can't see yourself and oh, uh, or have any control. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so I would say, I mean, I probably t- 20 to 50, somewhere in that wow. range of short films I made. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it was a fun experience. I just, I, uh, you know, and I've had some complete failures. In fact, <laughs> I, uh, in high school, my biggest failure, mm-hmm. I get, you know, I don't know if you're going to talk about this, but I just. No, I want to hear it. Like, Tell us. <laughs> yeah. Biggest, biggest failure. Um, and it's actually my, it was my SAT or not SAT is my, um college my college essay yeah yeah for uh you know uh my so my biggest failure was um I was in high school I wrote a film a 55 page screenplay wow it was called swimming through fire mm-hmm. um the connection of the title was that the uh main character was a lifeguard mm-hmm. and uh you love the metaphor of love is fire and mm-hmm. then there's a lighter that burns everybody at the end and like wow. whatever it was super <laughs> complex guys uh big big string weave yeah, it, was, it was really complex actually way too and it was yeah anyway yeah. uh although there's a few good scenes in there but <laughs> the moral story is i tried to make this as a high schooler uh oh one summer uh, i uh, go f- i uh i indiegogo like fifteen hundred dollars wow, from my good. town. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I was. I, I honestly was surprised. I was a freshman in high school or yeah. in high school. Uh, wow. Who the heck's giving me fifteen hundred bucks? Yeah. And then I proceeded <laughs> to do it. Now, see, I made the mistake. Is I spent that all on equipment, thinking I needed equipment to make a film, mm-hmm. rather than everything else. Mm-hmm. The money should have mm-hmm. been spent on. So I spent money. And I also didn't know what I was buying either. Yeah. Like, I didn't really know. Like, I just was seeing what I saw. So like, I had a Canon, my camera that I got in high school as a gift. And it was like the only camera I used for a long time. And it was a Canon Rebel T2i. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Good camera. It's you know, solid. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's solid. It still yeah. works perfectly to this awesome. day. Uh, yeah. I don't use it because I have others. But, <laughs> no, but you know, it's, it's a solid I think solid it's a camera. testament to... Yeah, it's where I started. It's my yeah. origins. But... I bought a follow focus for like 250 bucks. <laughs> I had a zoom kit lens. Like what oh was I buying God. a follow focus oh for? I had God. rails. I, I got a map. Wow. I got a crappy map box. Um, yeah. uh, and I, now the one thing I actually did buy, which was smart is I bought a tripod, like a good tripod, oh, good. Good, uh, good, or at least good, what good, I thought good. was good at the time. And I still use it to this day, but it's the most mm-hmm. poorly designed tripod on the planet. And that's why it's discontinued, but I spent $300 on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, and I, I spent it all on equipment and, most of it unnecessary oh sound equipment I bought which was smart because I still use that to this day as well well. so there was some good things some bad I think this is a Um, the reason I laugh about the follow focus for those of you who don't know it's just I think when you get like they don't really give you us a follow focus when you're in college until like I I think you have to rent it separately like it's just like such a tool that is so specialized for one specific person on set 
and you're not going to learn to focus with a follow focus. You do it after you know how to focus. So that's why I laugh with Kyle being 14. Like it was just like <laughs> it's just like ridiculous. But I love it. I love that story. That's amazing. Yeah, it was completely <laughs> useless. But anyway, we didn't we failed. I couldn't make the film. We had to do reshoots. We had technical oh, no. problems out the wazoo. Yeah. Uh, you know, people couldn't get rides. Actors couldn't get rides. You know, we did shoot, uh, I would say maybe 30% of it though. Okay. And it was a really good experience though, because I learned what not to do. And I also mm. learned how hard it actually is, which really helped me as I went to college, yeah. uh, what yeah. to expect, um, uh, when you're expecting to make a film. Uh, and <laughs> you know, that's, that's what I, um, so that, that, that was like my big, Failure that got me into college. <laughs> so, it's not so much um, of a failure, but, though. I mean, you ended up learning a lot from it, and yeah, I love that story. Yeah, maybe maybe I, to your fourteen-year-old no. self, it was, but <laughs> yeah, I was definitely. Well, I really felt indebted to everybody who had donated, and I mm-hmm. didn't make anything out of it. Um, mm-hmm. But then I actually I thanked everybody in my in my first film, Romance from a Distance, from college. I I put everybody's names in that one, and I said, "This is this." Because of you guys, I made this, and mm. so which thank is a you. wonderful so I feel, film. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I yeah. feel very good about that. So yeah, um, yeah. I'm I'm happy that that all ended up working out, and nobody was mad. You know, everyone just was like, everyone was just like, yo, good luck, <laughs> like have a good, have a blast. You know, uh, so it was uh, it was special, um, and I still I hold think it. it's not it was a fun everyone. Summer. I think it's like a testament to your character that at 14 you already knew what you wanted to do from before, mm-hmm. but you like actually tried to go out and do it and there's so much as a 14 year old there's so much stacked against you including that you need to rely on somebody's parents to drive you and the parents think it's a hangout you know what i mean it's not like theater parents who are you know more dedicated or whatever it's like your friend's mom who's got 500 other things to do and she's like oh you're just making what are you doing with kyle oh, okay whatever you know <laughs> like, yeah yeah and they're like wait every day of the week for like two months it's like, right where? right <laughs> uh it was yeah it was fun. Uh, we had a good time, though. It was, yeah. it was, you know, even through it all, it was a ton of fun. And yeah, there's a lot yeah. of footage that's really funny. That, I believe you know, I it. Had. It must be such a token of, of like, that time. Yeah, life. I yeah, still yeah. have it all. I still got it all on a hard <laughs> drive, amazing. you know? Yeah. So I, maybe I'll pull it out one day and figure it out what yeah. to do with it. But, yeah. you know, it's just... It reminds so, you know. me, a lot of what you've talked about kind of reminds me of what our guest of the episode that drops the day that we're interviewing you, um... Her name is Stephanie Zhang. She talked about how when she first got into a certain type of look, she's a makeup artist, and she talked about um, a certain type of look. What she did was she would copy people, but then realized, I don't want to copy people. I want to just be inspired by them. And I feel like, to, but she talked about how needing to learn, you need to copy first. So I feel like you're, you're, what you've just talked about is like very much in that same vein, which I love. I love this. Yeah. We don't just come out of, you know, we're not just born and we suddenly have all these original ideas and we can just, like, make stuff. No, like, <laughs> it's a lot of time that goes into making things. And yeah, where do you start? So I think that that's really... To, um, it, to, to those who may be listening who are working on small budgets and just getting started in film, how would you spend that $1,500 now, Ugh. today, knowing what you, like, the information you have? That's a great question. Um, here's here I, I would spend. Wow, that's a really good question. Um, okay, if you, okay, first off, it really kind of depends on what, what equipment you already have at your disposal. So if you have a camera already, great. You don't don't spend any money on a camera. If you have a camera and a lens, 
use it. Uh, presumably it's a zoom lens. Just, just use that, you know, mm-hmm. just do it. Um, and I would spend, honestly, now that I know everything, I'd spend money on sound and lighting mm-hmm. and location. Mm-hmm. So, or even location, don't spend. Like, use your, use connections. Use a friend's house, right. use your mom's house, use your dad's house, use your uncle's house, like, whatever. Um, ask your f- town Facebook group, hey, does anybody want to let me use their house for, like, a day? We'll clean it, you know? Right. Do, yeah. You know, exchange <laughs> services, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I would just spend it on, on, on lighting and 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 sound because those are the two things that really affect uh how a film appears and and i don't mean like visually i mean like as in like professionally um Mm -hmm. the biggest hallmark of a student film is bad audio yeah and uh and bad lighting Mm -hmm. um (laughs) and if you have a bad camera like if you have a camera that's not as strong as like a real professional you know prosumer or pro pro camera um it's gonna be you're gonna need to work harder to make it look good and just adding light and shaping light in a specific way can seriously completely change the game and um but even more important i i really do think audio if you're if your film sounds good people will people will watch it and enjoy it because i you know people like podcasts and that's all about sounding good there's no visuals and people like radio and music and all that stuff so uh if you don't have the visual aspects as as strong as you'd want it then just go full on into the sound because people will still be impressed i mean i think it's um oh what's that uh stranger than fiction or stranger than some uh it's the jim jarmusch movie uh from 1990 yes yeah yeah, 1992 it looked like crap. Like mm-hmm. they shot it on like some super low budget string budget, you know, black and white really, you know, and it won the Palm door. Yeah. You know, like it yeah. won con and yeah. it's like, it sounded great. You know, it's, it's a big, yeah. I always was like, you know, and, and the story was also fantastic and everything yeah. else about it was great. Yeah. So yeah. that helps. But you know, the point is that it doesn't need to look my biggest thing, you know, especially at film school when you go to film school and you know, a lot of people are very, are DPs and they're very <laughs> much, you know, like it's got to look great. Like it's got to look a certain way. I was always like, no, wait guys, let's, 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 let's pull it back. Let's talk about the story. Let's talk about the sound and, and make sure that that is really solid. Cause then we can build, the visuals can add, yeah, you know, right, right. um, it's, it's hard for visuals to me to detract, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I never, I, I really rarely watch a film and go, you know, it wasn't shot well. Yeah. I, very rarely, you know. Yeah. I, I never, yeah. I can't think of a movie I was like, man, that cinematographer really sucked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's usually like, wow, the editing was bad. Or, yeah. wow, the acting was terrible. Or, mm. you know, because at this point, cameras really are yeah. incredible technology. Yeah. And the camera tech is insane compared yeah. to what we grew up on. You know, I know. Like, nowadays, you know, even just the kid with an iPhone, and I know it's been said a million times before, you can make a full, I mean, you know, Steven Soberg makes full movies on iPhones and it just looks pretty, I mean, it still looks like an iPhone, but it looks pretty good, you know? And yeah. it's, the tools are there. So definitely $1,500 sound uh, and lighting or $1,500 actors. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Either, either or. Uh, or or feed your crew. 
Yeah. Get all your that. friends to do it for free. Feed them well. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> feed feed friends, yeah. Uh, or, you know, if you're young enough, get 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 some parents to do a little potluck action there yeah. and uh, see, what, see what they <laughs> can do. <laughs> but, man, yeah. filmmaking that. is not a cheap form of, uh, of... It's not a cheap hobby, I'll tell you It's that. really not. There's, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I totally agree with what you're saying. You could have some of the most expensive equipment in the world, but if you don't have the supporting... And this goes for any craft, you know, I'd say this for like people who are musicians and have sample libraries, you can have the best sample libraries, but if you don't have the ability to shape them and to mix them properly and have all the other supporting, you know, aspects of it, it's not going, it's not going to sound great. It's not going to it's look It's almost good, like you know? the human element. If you don't yeah, put exactly. that into it. You have it. to put the human element in it. Exactly. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, I know we're probably not going in this direction, but I, as AI and stuff and all this tech becomes a bigger thing, uh, the human element in art, I really think is going to, you know, we talk about how like the labor force is going to become automated, but I truly don't think uh, there's going, like, I think the new skills are going to be like people like uh, like artists who are what going to that? be able to Still, what is that create. Netflix show? There's a, a Love and Robots. Is that what it is? There's a short. I think so. There's a it's... short about a guy in it. I'm gonna have to. I can't remember, but it's a short about a guy who's an artist who then turns himself into a cyborg and then eventually into a robot and then eventually dies. And his biggest like accomplishment <laughs> is his death, which is this performance, this like art performative moment. But it's almost his ho- most human moment because as a robot, you don't have That's to die. Interesting. But yeah. Which is wow, so that's exactly. What you're but that's saying. my that yeah, reminds yeah. me of like Russian existentialism of like uh, yeah, blank, <laughs> you know, like. But the underground man, yeah, the underground Shout man, <laughs> Dostoevsky. But there, there, um, there's a composing. There's like um, AI who that compose. Like they take like yeah. existing songs, and it's yeah. so freaky. And you're missing that human element. You, you like. You can tell. Yeah, it's not quite there. It's not, it's not quite, quite there. there, you know, and, and, and definitely, and, you know, I know a lot of people do like jokey AI scripts that like write scripts and they're yeah, hilarious yeah, because yeah, they're yeah. like, ah, ha, ha, computer, you know, wrote that and it's stupid. <laughs> uh, but, you know, and eventually it will be really good. Like, I, I'm not saying, I'm not going to sit here and be like, you know, AI is never going to be, yeah. co- make good art because it will. And I, yeah. I do think it's going to be very impressive. Uh, but at the same time, I think people are still going to be like, uh, you know, like it's like how they uh, were worrying about uh, CGI getting so good that actors are just going to have full yeah. body scans yeah. and then they'll just be yeah. inserted into films and there won't yeah. there will be no more acting anymore. And yeah. to me, it's like okay, as an audience member, it's a you still know it's not the real like there's that yeah. you know there's that yeah. disconnect and yeah. I don't think it's going to be a popular thing and I really don't see it taking over the entire film industry. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I will say is uh, second or first AC has got to got to the focus pullers need to need to be scared because the autofocus on these cameras now is insane and it's going to just get worse. Uh, <laughs> yeah, get the follow focus, you might not need it. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, but anyway, not to not to no. knock on ACs um, because I'm not here to start a war. Um, but 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 you also have to recognize like as someone and it's interesting, like I approach the way I approach filmmaking um, because I've only had to do everything myself my whole life, it's really hard for me to, you know, like I want to make, for example, like I'm trying to develop a film with my friend right now. We're going to like shoot it. And I'm like sitting there like, I'm going to make it a crew thing. And then I'm like, well, you know how much money I can save if I just don't? 
and we just do it ourselves. <laughs> like I have, like you know, like I'm gonna yeah. pay, like I'll get a sound guy and yeah. that, and we can just do it. But you know, Chloe Zhao's movie Nomadland was like seven people. Oh my god! They put an LED light, like a tiny LED light, on a on a yeah. tiny light stand, and and that was the singular light outside. And um, it was so funny. Actually, um, I read the article. There was an interview with the DP on mm-hmm. No Man Land, mm-hmm. uh, in American Cinematographer mm-hmm. a couple months ago, and he literally talked about how I I don't remember who it was. Um, oh, it was, uh, it was Joel uh, Ethan Cohen or Joel Cohen, whoever, okay. whichever. Uh, whichever one is married to Francis McDormand. Um, and he was there and the cinematographer just had this like dinky LED light, like a hundred dollar LED light on a crappy stand yeah. that they put in the, you know, and that was the key light for this moment. Yeah. And he felt, he was talking about how embarrassed he felt <laughs> <laughs> because here's this legendary filmmaker yeah, and just yeah. this, it's like the dingiest setup, yeah. like run and gun setup ever. Yeah. And to me, I was, like, inspiring because I was like, that yeah. is great. Like, the fact that, you know, that movie looked so good and all they, you know, they would just carry on a pocket LED light and just shine it, you know, and it worked. I will yeah. say, you can't, they, the location, though, like, the western United States. Oh, yeah. And the quality <laughs> of light you get there is so insane. That, so that's definitely yeah, working so in their favor. <laughs> $1,500, fly yourself to the western U.S. <laughs> yes, and shoot yeah. a movie. Shoot, yes. shoot a movie at Golden Hour every <laughs> night, yourself. you know, for, exactly. for three months. You know, you'll, you'll be yeah. fine. Um, yeah. uh, I, 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 you know, it's funny. I will say that it, uh, and that that's a that is a really good point is location and mm-hmm. as someone who grew up in the most boring place on earth you know suburbia <laughs> uh, uh overwhelmingly white suburbia mm-hmm. in new jersey uh you know i i felt i mean i should have been more creative you know i, I there's always a way to make a place interesting and mm-hmm. but i always felt like bogged down because especially when i was getting into college you have all these worldly people coming from different locations yeah. different places yeah. and like i would see the films they make and the stories that came out of like their area are like to me at least as someone who grew up in you know with not a lot of experience and what a lot of other people experienced and i just felt je- like a part of me was like a little jealous yeah. and resentful of my you know which is so stupid because i had a great like it was such a great upbringing and everything you know i'm so grateful for all of that but you know in terms of my it, it almost felt like it stunted myself in turn because i was very there, I didn't find my stories interesting or at least as mm-hmm. interesting as someone who like, you know, lives in another country where there's like mountains and, and, mm-hmm. and forests and, you know, even, and tree, like there's all this different scenery. All the houses are very different looking. They're not just plotted out suburbia yeah. concrete landscape. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, there's, there's character to it mm-hmm. that isn't just like, you know, a McMansion yeah. Yeah. put together by toll brothers, you know, yeah. in a development, yeah. like it's yeah. like, I, I'm, and it's such a stupid complaint, but because it's so dumb, you know, but like I did, it did feel, uh, it's like location is a lot of inspiration can come from location Mm -hmm. and it really can make or break a a movie as well, uh, in terms of making it look really good. So, uh, you know, it is a, I just always thought that was like such a dumb, interesting thing. I always thought, uh, you know, growing up and comparing myself. Now I don't 
I'm past it. But now you live yeah. in New York City, Wrong. which is arguably one of the most interesting places Now I have no excuse. Now yeah. my lack of inspiration <laughs> and motivation comes from just a poor, uh, from a self uh, issue. So, uh, but yeah, uh, it is, it is fun. I'm going to go out and shoot yeah. more. Uh, I've been shooting a lot of film photography right now. I'm in a Good, film yeah. kick. Yeah, so. I wanted to ask you about that because you, I know that you work across a wide range of equipment and um, how did, what was that kind of like shift into choosing to start shooting stuff on film and, and how is that, how, what do you like about film versus maybe digital? Yeah, um, so I, the reason I started shooting on film um, was because I, uh, I really, just really liked doing, um, like I just, I, I really like the idea of, of film. And there's a specific look uh, to film that I've always romanticized. Uh, and as I think most people do, because it really does, uh, there, there's a certain kind of uh, depth to it. And there's like dynamic range. And then there's the whole like, oh, it's his, like the history of it. Uh, and I also just really like the idea of, of, of having to think, you know, about the photo you're taking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because, and, 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 you know, that's not an original thought. Like, that's been said a lot, but it really does make a difference. Like, now with the digital cameras, you know, you shoot a million photos, one of them's good. You know, right. you can shoot a thousand photos easily. Yeah. Uh, but with a... Uh, and it's free, mm-hmm. you know? You just... You, and you erase the memory card and you mm-hmm. do some more. But with film, you know, you have this physical... This physical piece of yeah. celluloid. Yeah. And it's got... Each roll only has, like, 24 or 36 exposures in it. Right. And each each exposure each photo costs money you know you gotta you break it down to the cost per photo and it's like some you know it's you got to think about what you're what you're shooting a little bit and then there's the uh you know if you if you're like me and you start scanning your own film and doing all that there's time involved in in, Mm -hmm. and like it's just such a process and it's such a and I just really like um that process and then it's like you know you, you don't know what you shot Right. <laughs> you have no idea if it's going to come out. It's like theoretically, yeah, it's going to come out. I measured the light and everything, but mm-hmm. still you're like, was my focus good? Was my yeah. exposure right? You know, yeah. did I frame it properly? Uh, yeah. Did I shift the camera around? You know, it's, it's, but it's, it's so much fun um, to, to get back a role of developed film and then rediscover what you shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. recently I actually found in my, uh, we were, we were just, cleaning out some drawers and stuff in my mom's dra- like one of my mom's like nightstand drawers we found two rolls of un- undeveloped uh film oh wow. uh, and we had no idea what they're from <gasps> I, I you know it, yeah. it could have been there for like my mom had no idea what they're from so I got them developed and I scanned them all in and turns out it was from my first camera oh my uh, god when I was in, uh, was it 2000 it was 2002 2003 it was 2003 oh so I was uh uh six years old yeah, yeah and uh it was from a, it was a vivitar point and shoot <laughs> 35 millimeter camera wow. and i took some i took like i just and you know some of them were taken by my parents but like a lot of it was was for me and it was so cool because i didn't remember yeah, yeah, that yeah, until yeah. until it dawned on me i was like oh my god yeah now i remember everything yeah. um and there's a really really funny photo that i uh, post on Instagram recently mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of my sister like face planting into a couch <laughs> and it just looks it's the honestly it's the greatest photograph I've ever taken in my yeah. life and I took it when I was six so I yeah. peaked you know at six <laughs> years old uh 
but what like next? it just looks so it's just so wild because it's such a moment yeah. and that's what I love most about film too is you capture mm-hmm. moments on film and sure you capture moments on digital too but yeah. I don't know there's something I always feel like there's just a little bit it's a little mm-hmm. bit more special because it's physical and you have the yeah. moment physically it's there if you yeah. lose the file you always got the celluloid you know it's it's yeah. it's right there always um and so it just I don't know it, I like it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we sometimes talk about a redacted project on this podcast and that was shot on super eight so I that redacted yeah, <laughs> redacted yeah super eight it's funny i have a super eight camera too but it doesn't um it does the light meter inside of it doesn't work and there's no oh. way to control the aperture so it's stuck at one eight oh, open, oh open. no yeah so shit. i uh i need to get a new one because yeah. i mean i could sit there and mathematically figure out with nd filters how to properly expose yeah. but it's probably not worth it i don't know how you um, would you would have to get a matte box for is it we have the it's same just one, right? I think it'd be hard to fit an ND over that. Can you get a first? Oh, well, you get you get little little oh. screw on NDs. Uh, uh, it would be not good. It's just not a good thing. So right now it's just it looks nice, um, yes. but uh, I might. Um, but the motor works. Um, wow. but damn, Super Eight is so expensive though. Oh it my is. goodness, it is. It's but insanity. It's... But it's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's. it's... That's what you're talking about. Like it's like that quality, that kind of like. Now, you can't replicate Super 8, yeah. I have for you. Do you think that if you do have the luxury of choosing your gear, do you think mm-hmm. there's like a, do you think there's there's moments for what camera is best for what type of movie? If that, does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Um, and I've never shot a film on film before, mm-hmm. and it's something I wanted to do, but every time I'm like, I'm going to do it, it would fit this movie. It's like, wow, it is so expensive to mm-hmm. shoot on <laughs> film, and for what? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's like just if you have, you know, it's it's just there's ways you, you can still like I was fooled. And, you know, maybe some purists are going to call me an idiot for this. But I actually thought Lady Bird was shot on film mm-hmm. um, because of how deliciously but, grainy it was. But yeah. it wasn't. It was the Alexa shot at like a high I- yeah. ISO. And yeah. uh, that was just the Alexa noise. And but I was like, that Atlanta, looks amazing. <laughs> the first season of Atlanta was shot the same way. They didn't yeah, have film it, for the first season, so they graduated it, film. But yeah, 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 exactly. What yeah, it's it's incredible. such a. I mean, you can get away. Honestly, sometimes you can really get away with it, yeah. and um, it's so much cheaper to to do it digitally. And also, film cameras. Um, if you're especially on a low budget, you know, you're trying to be fast because yeah. uh, yeah. you're trying to squeeze everything into yeah. a twelve hour day which should be eight hours, but right. whatever, a whole other thing. Uh, <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> we don't, we don't, no, I'm actually going to work that. my life to change that, but, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's Hey, it's you know, that's how it was time. in Hollywood back in yeah. the day. Studio systems, they worked nine to five, and that was yeah. it. Uh, mm-hmm. and, but uh, those actors were also contractually obligated to essentially only be there all the time anyway. Ugh. But point is, um, it's... It slows you down, which, once again, as I said before when I was talking about photography, that was a great thing. I love about that. But honestly, when I'm trying to make a movie, I, I can't slow down. I need to keep going. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, be, it, there's a point where instead of it being, like, part of the process, it becomes an obstacle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe we as a generation and as a people need to be more patient. But, sorry, I just, born and raised <laughs> in the Northeast, tri-state area, <laughs> I don't have the patience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I gotta... I gotta keep going. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely situations where, you know, 
I would shoot something on film versus digital, but I think yeah. overwhelmingly you can accomplish what you want with a digital yeah. uh, camera at this point. Yeah. Um, especially if you're by yourself. Yeah. Uh, autofocus. It's insane. You know, <laughs> I, I, eye tracking autofocus for any, like that is the greatest invention I've ever, it's insane. Well, starting, you mentioned process, so starting at the beginning of process, um, Mm -hmm. where do you get your inspiration? What sort of stories do you like to tell? You sort of mentioned two films that were both romance films. So is that sort of like a a theme for your work? Um, You know, yeah, where where do you draw from? What do you like, what stories you like to tell? Yeah, uh, I definitely, you know, generally speaking, I've made, I've always stayed straight towards comedy. I try to make things funny. Even my dramas are like, I, I add humor, dark humor too. Um, I always find, you know, uh, you know, I, to take a, a line from Bo Burnham, laughter is the best medicine uh, besides actual medicine. Um, and, you know, that's why I, I tend to do that. But I also um, want and that's how I was always dealt with any any kind of, you know, emotional upset in my life was always just by laughing and by laughing at it and trying to make a joke out of it. Um, and a lot of that emotional upset in my life has come from the numerous romantic interests I've had uh, throughout my my life. You know, started out preschool had the had the girlfriend <laughs> in preschool already, um, holding hands, holding hands in the class photo. You know, like I have always kind of just been a romantic kid. Like I always liked the idea of romance and 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 love and toying with love, uh, and those and, and that kind of idea. So that's generally where all my scripts go to uh mm-hmm. it always ends up being about relationships um and uh kind of the and, and society and like kind of like a relationship within a context of a certain place or a certain time in people's lives and that's always just generally what it's been uh i tend to tend to write love stories in my own screwed up way you know <laughs> um and uh i haven't really made a film Oh, actually, and it's funny enough because now I majority of my work right now is I shoot weddings and I make mm-hmm. wedding films, mm-hmm. and literally, it's just a love story every yeah. time, yeah. and uh, it's a different love story every time, which is why it's so interesting uh, to do. And um, you know, I got to say everything positive because I'm still actively a wedding videographer, and people need to book me. Link in bio. Link in bio. Do the Just kidding. But it, it is. Um. It, you know. It does. It, it is. It, it's funny. It's like natural that I ended up shooting mm-hmm. wedding films, uh, as a job because, uh, and making wedding films because it really is just a continuation of, um, you know what I what I was doing already. Mm-hmm. But what's nice is that the story's written for me. I just have mm-hmm. to capture it. It's very documentary-like. So uh, yeah. that's what's kind of fun about it is I make a, I try to make a cinematic documentary experience every time. So it's, you know, it really does uh, stretch that creative muscle. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, even though it's, you know, it's, just, it's a job. And it's, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. Uh, but I still get like creative, I still expunge creative energy. Yeah, uh, yeah. That it, I, I go into it like I'm making a film. Um, you know, and maybe that's why I haven't made a film in a while because I'm expunging so much creative energy in my wedding films. So maybe there's a balance that needs to be struck there, but I'm still figuring it out. I'm still young. We're still, yeah, <laughs> you know, we're still yeah. trying to do, you know, what we do. So, um, but yeah, definitely most of my inspiration comes from, uh, relationships and people. Uh, I'm obsessed with people. <laughs> Love that. Obsessed with uh, people. Yeah. I, 
since we're kind of talking about what, the work that you're doing, I was wondering mm-hmm. if you would, if you wouldn't mind talking a little bit about your post college, like that first year out of college and how you got to where you are now, because I think something that's really, I thought was always inspiring about you is that you didn't, I think a lot of people that graduate from art school, they're like, okay, now I have to do something in the arts, you know, like, and it has to be like highbrow artistic work all the time where you have to immediately go from zero to a hundred. I'm directing Gossip Girl right now, you know, um, but what I appreciate about you is that you're just a really hard worker and you just, you know, you were, um, you found something within your resources and just started making content. So can you, would you mind talking a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. I mean, I, so a lot of what I'm, where I'm at right now, and it's really nice to you. I I just appreciate you saying that because it was hard, you know, Mm -hmm. to get out of college and like sit there and be like, all right, I'm making wedding videos. I'm shooting weddings. And it's such like a, you know, I'd see all these movie set memes about, you know, looking down on wedding people working in weddings and, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, you know, oh, you're working and you're shooting a wedding. It's not really shooting. It's not really doing, you know, and it's like, you know, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and also like, hey, I'm getting paid, <laughs> you know, congrats yeah. to me, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll take that to the bank. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it is, it is, it, it was, you know, in college, I uh, was lucky enough to, um, meet a, a guy his name's John and he is a wedding photographer and he was looking for an assistant and I started uh and we met through my high school English teacher they went to high school together oh, and wow. uh yeah yeah and it was so funny because she was like she 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 sent me on Instagram he was looking for an assistant for weddings um and a short film he was making at the time and she was like hey you two should connect he was you in high school like you guys would c- instantly click and I was like okay cool and so sure enough, we instantly clicked and I started working for him as his assistant every, you know, every couple weekends throughout college. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, eventually I just, he ended up being like, hey, you want to start shooting videos for me? And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. And then eventually he was like, hey, let me help you set up your own business. Like when you exit school. That's and so he has been there every step of the way and he helped me set up everything and we both have gone on this journey together and we both still make wedding films together now like he he's the photographer i'm the videographer we both do our own thing but we generally try to do it together because we have Mm -hmm. a good time together doing it and um and and it's just it's it's been such a great uh experience to to go through that and also to have somebody who you know is is there for me and wants to help me grow as a filmmaker as a you know he's helped me become so much of a better filmmaker because this is John is a guy who he went to film school um, back in the day uh, not that long ago he's only like 10 years older than me but (laughs) (laughs) back in the day when they were shooting they were shooting on film you know it was all film Um, uh, but he went and he um, you know he 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 decided film school wasn't for him and instead he dropped out and made a feature uh, on 35 Um, and you know he can tell the story mm-hmm. uh, better than I can, cause, but he essentially, he pulled to me, he failed, you know, it didn't work, but it was a learning experience, and he went on a long journey back to where he is now, and because of that, you know, he's really given me a lot of great advice, because he's like, I hope you just don't make the mistakes I did, because if, mm-hmm. if I was in your position, and I knew what I did was wrong, like, at the time, he's like, I'd be in a much, you know, we yeah. it'd be crazy, you know, so it's cool that we, and now we're, we're starting a production like a pseudo like corporate production company together, uh, Dubco Media, uh, and uh, you know it's just you know 
we'll see where where it goes. You know, we're That's just so trying exciting. to we're trying to just figure it out because eventually, yeah. you know, I I want to make films. You know, right, still right, like right. I want to make movies and do the art. So you know, I'm just we're slowly I'm slowly figuring it out and. Um, and so that that is uh but I'm just grateful that I had this opportunity to be able to be in the position to to take the risk and start a freelance business mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. which was utterly destroyed over covid <laughs> yeah. but it's now roaring back uh so like it's a crazy ride and freelance is definitely you know yeah. I'm just glad I did it cuz yeah. I honestly could not I I know myself and I could not do a a office yeah you know 9 to 5 it's yeah it's tough job um not that there's those are necessary but i know for it, me right. like i just right, right, right. i couldn't i couldn't do it and uh i love the freedom of which is so funny because we talk about freedom freelancers always talk about the freedom to choose when you work which really means anytime someone asks you to work you're going to say yeah. yes so it's like <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know it's uh it's it's an interesting interesting balance yeah. but it's a grind and it's fun um so yeah that's you know and, and sure i see a lot of people doing some really cool things and you know, I know a few people who have made a feature already and I'm like super jealous of that. But then I'm also sitting there thinking like, you know what, it's not, I'm not ready yet. You know, I'm not there yet and it's okay. And I need to stop. I'm on my own path. I make my own films. I have my own resources. Um, and, and not to, you know, now that open up the collaboration open, uh, if anybody (laughs) wants to collaborate, I I do have a lot of equipment based on the nature of my work. I had to buy a lot of equipment and, you know, I have lighting, I have sound, I have a cinema camera now. I, you know, it's like, I do have, you know, it's funny because it's like people look at me like, oh, you're just wasting it away on wedding videos. I'm like, no, I'm making wedding art. And yes, also, yes. But, but now I'm also like, okay, I have this cinema camera. Let's make a film. Like, I don't need to rent a camera anymore. I don't need to rent lenses. I have a yeah, lens package. Yeah, like, yeah. I have all of that. Like, stuff that's like obstacles to people mm-hmm. uh, to make films is... Uh, now not an obstacle to me anymore. Now the obstacle is labor. Well, I can <laughs> Which is highly, important. I can highly personally recommend working with Kyle since we've done it a bunch. <laughs> oh, yay, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. and, but, you know, I also need a script. So there's <laughs> that. Uh, any writers you want to make something, uh, I'll direct it. Um, but anyway, uh, the point is, though, it, it's, it's, it's interesting to... Um, it's interesting to be... Uh, it's to, to, like, have this all this equipment available to me, ready to go. Uh, and it's been built over time, you know? Yeah, it's not like yeah. I got it all at once. It was a struggling start, you know? Um, but it is interesting that, that now, that's why I feel like it's the right path for me mm-hmm. because I'm slowly, you know, getting over the one-man band thing I used to have to do. And because of that, I still have to, uh, I had to get all this equipment because I was still one-man banding it. And now it'll, I think it'll allow me to be able to afford to not one man band it anymore. And I think that is a, it's, yeah. And it feels really good. Now I just need an idea and a script and a, you know, (laughs) and time. That's the other thing. Um, But yeah. I love how you speak so candidly about it. I think it's really refreshing to hear. Normalizing doing things on your own time too. And when you're ready and you know, when everything falls into place. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I try to, there's really no point in, I, I don't see a point in like being, in trying to, you know, glorify uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> any, anything. Cause you know, I, I glorified a lot when I was in high school. Like I was thinking, you know, 
NYU film. Like, that was my dream since I was 10 to go there, and I went oh there, and I love NYU. <laughs> I love NYU. I, I'm such a, I would be an NYU Tisch poster boy if they asked, you know, yeah. like one of those things. <laughs> but at the same time, I also am like, hey, and, and that's why, you know, it's funny, I, I was a tour guide for film in Tisch for a bit, mm. and that was my favorite job in the world because, A, I got to be... Uh, that kid for two mm-hmm. hours uh, and talk about myself and my, you know, and, and, and I was, cause I was one of those tour kids, you know, who were like looking at their tour guide and the tour guide saying they're making their like intermediate and being like, Oh my God, like that yeah. guy is a filmmaker, you know? Yeah. And I loved <laughs> yeah. like, I loved yeah. like thinking I was that, I think everyone saw through that completely, but you know, it made me feel good. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I also was, you know, what I think helped, me being a tour guide, I was always very honest with people because I loved the school so much. Like, and I romanticized the school so much when I was beforehand. You know, I was brutally honest about. You know, people ask me hard hitting questions. I didn't give them a PR spin. I would say, "Hey, here's my experience," and I, I feel like I've taught. I, I I just go through life like that because uh, mm-hmm. there's no point in lying to people. Mm-mm, you know, right. you should just. There's a way to tell people things, and you, but you at the end of the day, you should try and tell the tell the truth as honestly yeah. as possible yeah yeah uh, so that's how i try to approach it how do you navigate difficult relationships working relationships if you, uh, you know yeah with as much tact and grace <laughs> as uh, required in the situation which is really funny so um you bring this up because i actually just had two experiences oh. that i think are are telling mm-hmm. and and interesting to to mention uh, the first one I did, I recently did a shoot, um, and I, I, they, the, it was for some kind of building, uh, or whatever. And, uh, the, <laughs> we had to do an edit. They did, we originally, we weren't contracted to do an edit. They were just going to shoot it. And then like that day after they're like, oh yeah, we want you to edit it. Also, mm-hmm. can you do it tonight? Like. And I was like, oh, God, I can't, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, so solid. they didn't give any direction. You know, they no. said, like, voiceover with shots of this. And I was yeah. like, okay, that's not really anything. Like, I don't know. It's 1 a.m. <laughs> yeah. I just got all the footage. We done retransferring at 1 a.m. Like, yeah. let me see. Let me throw something together. They want, you know, 30 to 60 seconds. Oh, but all the sp- bits of speeches in, you know, it's like, all right, well, five people talked. Can't really fit that into a minute. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, and so I, I put together this edit at 1 a.m. Next day, we're on a f- conference call. And this person chewed me out on the phone. Like, oh, my gosh. We're, like, completely, like, condescending. Yeah. And it was like, you know, they were like, oh, you know, it just seems like we should see the speaker so we know who's talking. And it's not just some disembodied voice. This seems like basic video. And I was like... <sighs> It, it wasn't my job. Like it, it wasn't my job. I was contracted by somebody else, mm-hmm. so it was somebody else on the calls. Like it was their client, right? So right. it took every ounce to not yeah. say anything. Yeah, because like yeah. I was livid. I was like, do not like I'm not like. Do not talk to it. You gave me no... Right. Gr- First off, you said voiceover, <laughs> which implies no visual. Right. You said voiceover. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, but the promise the person doesn't know what video terms are and there was just miscommunication so after i had explained that after Mm -hmm. i took a breath and explained that there's just and that it was a first cut yeah and that you didn't give any direct i just wanted to show you everything we had then they were like oh okay uh here 
And, and then okay. I nailed the next edit because they yeah. told me what they wanted. And they were mm-hmm. like, oh, this is amazing. Thank you. And I was like, yeah, yeah you just got to, you know, and I could have ruined it. I could have just steamed like, you know, instead yeah. now we're getting hired again to do another thing. You know, it was like, but I could have in that moment snapped. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah. I, you know, you pick your battles. And then the opposite side of that, uh, I was just at a wedding. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, wedding videographers, photographers, you work 10, 12 hour days sometimes, yeah, or yeah, most yeah. of the time. And you don't eat. There's really yeah. no time. You know, you, there's no opportunity. It's a very awkward day. So you? you well, they, you do. <laughs> uh, the, the, but the first time you, so you start in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, with the couple uh, at like, let's say 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and you probably won't eat until like cocktail hour. If right. they have a cocktail hour, you you have time to eat at. You you might not be able to grab. You'll be able to pick and grab maybe at you know six or seven, and then yeah. you don't really eat until like eight or nine because that's yeah. when the venue feeds. You know you get venue food. And so I was just at this wedding and uh, <laughs> the, it was a buffet style and. Mm-hmm. We love buffet styles because you just go up and you you get you know you get your food you can pick what you want and whatever. Yeah, yeah. So we got on you know we had just work it was super hot uh, there was no AC all day it was oh, in yeah. you know it was a really beautiful location but it was all outdoors mm-hmm. super hot and muggy and we just you know we needed some food we needed sustenance and the bride and the groom were amazing the whole day they're like hey grab stuff they were giving us stuff they wanted us to get drinks all that stuff they were really great we walk up we get in line to the buffet. And the caterer was an outside caterer. Oh, the no. caterer guy in front of everybody said, "Hey guys, uh, you gotta let the. There's still guests. You gotta, you know, you gotta let the guests. There's guests. They need to eat." And I, at that moment, I snapped and I said, <laughs> "Yeah, it's not like we don't need to eat either. You know, it's not like we're human. Uh, that's right. Sorry. Excuse yeah, us for being right. human." And yeah. and and you know, and we walked away. I walked away. Sure enough, like. 10 minutes later, the guy came out and apologized and then, you know, and then we got our food, uh, after all the guests have eaten. Uh, but you know, it's like, it just, the, the, the condescension, it was like the condescension and the, it was obviously transparent that they were afraid they were going to run out of food. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, by the way, is screwed up anyway. Right. Because we still need to eat. I mean, we worked manual labor. But also for, they paid for know, all that food. Like exactly, the couple has you know? paid, like the families so, have paid. Yeah. Yeah, so I pick and choose when I when I fight my uh, mm-hmm. when I when I get snarky and fight my <laughs> yeah, battles, yeah, yeah. Um, and I th- it's really funny because those literally happened within a week of each other, and mm-hmm. it was literally you know so I uh, that was interesting to to say, and then you know you got to deal, you just got to be with people. It's a lot of it's talking to people and yeah, yeah. And, and and knowing how to navigate situations and social situations, and I do think you know one thing that's made me that my dad always said about me. Uh, especially when I was going through film school, uh, is, you know, I arrived at film school with people who were amazing already. You know, they had experience. You know, a lot of some people came from L.A. They went to a performing mm-hmm. arts high school where they had a dedicated mm-hmm. film program and they were, you know, doing the nifty, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, all, yeah. all the film festivals for high school. Like, I had yeah. never done anything like right. that. or And uh, I was really insecure about it. And my, my dad always said, he goes, look, you're not going to be the best artist. Okay, you'll never, you're probably never going to be the best artist. But he said the difference that I think you have over a lot of people who, a lot of your artist types at your school is that you can talk to people mm-hmm. uh, like easier. And, and, you know, and I think that is a big part 
of uh, the business. And I'm not saying people don't know how to talk to other people. That's not what I'm saying. Point is, no, no, I'm no. hoping. My point is, I'm hoping that my ability to uh, talk to people will cover up the fact that I'm not as I may not be as artistically inclined as uh, some other people. Uh, because you know, yeah. I've noticed with booking gigs as a freelancer, a lot of it is just selling yourself. Yeah, yeah. is just exactly. getting on the phone and talking to somebody. And I guess specifically in weddings, you know, you're like, hey, look, that guy will give you a good product. I'll give you a good product. But are you going to really want to be with that guy for 12 hours straight <laughs> <laughs> while you're really? in your, you know, you're in your ups and downs of the wedding day? You need some. You need like like. I'll be a good time. Like, it's yeah. fine. Like, we'll have a good time. And sure enough, yeah. like, I'm, I'm, you get to know people and a lot of people at the end of the day are like, kind of, you're like kind of friends because mm-hmm. you're with them through their like biggest day of their lives to that yeah. point yeah. Uh, for literally every second of it, yeah. capturing yeah. it, you know? Uh, yeah. So it, it's fun. It's special. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know what my point was, but. No, yeah. but everyone <laughs> should go to your website because you have this great page on your website where it's. You could tell you're such a people person because you have these one minute short like documentaries oh, of yeah. your friends. And I yeah. thought that was such a special, unique aspect to like you specifically. Um, and I watched Kara's first, of course. <laughs> and like you captured Kara so beautifully and like her like one of her happiest moments and like where she was completely like overwhelmed in like the best way possible <laughs> with like, you know, happiness and i was like that is such a beautiful moment you captured and that is i think truly special to your work so highly recommend people go well, go to kyle thank website. you <laughs> oh it yeah. makes me feel so good and you know what? it's sad because i haven't made one of those in so long and it's just because i've been just That's... so busy with other you know and but also pandemic from... yes <laughs> yeah, that, that too that, that, was a, that was a key, you know what that was a big one uh, but yeah. like i have footage like i have one Mm -hmm. uh that i have footage for that i Mm -hmm. just haven't looked at like a friend used to uh, a friend's little brother uh used to behind he would it was so cool it was so dangerous but so cool he's like kind of a boy scout type like he can do all the outdoorsy stuff he's very good with that so he used to go around abandoned parts of our town and just in the into the woods and he'd like make little little mini campfire like places like little bonfires uh like and he would set up stone like he would set like it literally but like they'd just be scattered and it would only he would know you know and it's like you'd have to walk a certain way and like there it is just in this little clearing there's a little setup and he would just light a fire and sit there and and and, like and just sit there and i i went with him once to do it to and i filmed him and i just i need to make it but i just that's a local legend in the making you know what i mean it was so yeah and it's like it was so sick and like i was talking and it was like in the heart of the pandemic and i was talking to him about it and he was like yeah i like the fires because it just like he's talking about how like it just let him kind of burn off Mm -hmm. you know whatever he was feeling and it was Mm -hmm. like it was so i need to make it you know yeah yeah yeah. i just i need to make it i have the footage it's great uh but and i'm definitely you know i just loved making those little moments and i need to make more so thank you for bringing that up because now you've inspired me to make it uh, another one because i I need to i need to do more uh personal stuff uh i've been working too much (laughs) i know we've like almost (laughs) run out of time but i wanted to be sure that we talked about your other films we'll just like touch on them a little bit um let me ask this way: What's been? What do you think is your greatest film accomplishment? Wow. Uh, uh, well, or the one okay, that you're most think, proud of? How about that? Well, all right. Let me rephrase. Let me say first: I think my greatest film accomplishment was actually completing Kiss Me. Okay. Um, yeah. 
the production of Kiss because the production yeah. of Kiss Me was insane yes. and so much happened in a yeah. very short amount of time and yeah. we did it and yeah. that even though the film I set out to make originally when I wrote the script was not the final film mm-hmm. that ended up being what we made uh, I'm so proud of the crew and what we accomplished and the obstacles that we hit uh, yeah, including crazy. a snowstorm awesome uh, a fainting <laughs> yeah. spell because I got pinched at war like I got hurt my finger got nearly chopped off at war a day I had to oh god it was insane anyway but I I think my favorite film I've ever made is Romance from a Distance Mm -hmm. I do think it's the best film I've ever made Mm -hmm. uh just you know and it's not perfect by any means there are ways I'd love to improve on it um but it was the most quote-unquote successful in terms of film festival runs and and whatnot um and you know it just it really, and it's my first one. It's special. It was the first big film, you know, I ever yeah, made. Yeah. And that's why I think it's probably, um, it's probably the best. It's probably my favorite that I'm, I'm most proud of. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. It's, shot by that. Martin Blanco. Shot, Tat, shot by Martin yeah. Blanco, Hello. who is so insane. <laughs> yeah. Such yeah, a, like, in the best yeah. way. Like, cool. such a good, yeah. such yeah. a good artist. Such, oh, amazing i yeah. i love it i i need to work with martine again we're gonna yeah. make it happen <laughs> yeah um, in fact this little film i'm working on oh, anyway um go check there out could episode be some nine there. of the podcast yeah. perfect <laughs> yes episode. listen to martine talk because he is he is <laughs> yeah he's the greatest yeah yeah and your other film was shot by Elizabeth, who we've also had on yes yeah. and elizabeth verklin yes yeah. episode 11 was, <laughs> I, I don't want to i don't want to take uh i, I just want to say I was her first New York film. So I just want to say, success, <laughs> yeah. ding, ding. I was there first. Everyone yeah. has uh, their yeah. first. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I loved uh, working with Elizabeth because she was just, she's just amazing. She's an incredible yeah. artist and she knows her stuff and she's incredibly strong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And can, can power through any situation, yeah. including the snowstorm in a budget <laughs> truck in Queens. <laughs> And it was very, I mean, we had only known each other for like a month and yeah. she was there and she got through it. It was, yeah. it was, yeah, it's incredible. an experience only she and I can, yes. can ever have. You boss <laughs> over, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, They're really cool. Well, I think, I, I mean, there's so many other things I could talk to you about forever, but um, I know that. We've reached the limit of our time. We should do a part two. Yeah. Have you on like yeah, yeah, in a few years, once I've um, uh, still accomplished nothing, no, uh, it will have me on again. What went wrong, Kyle? Uh, no. It, it, <laughs> Tell when, us. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I'd love to come back. It was yeah. truly special being here. I really appreciate it. I hope I didn't, um, I hope I was a good guest. That's yeah, oh I my gosh, Kyle, it was fantastic. Incredible. Thank you okay. yeah. so, Thank you so much. so much. It's been um, such a pleasure. Um, can we... Just sign off one more time with by saying your name and where we can find you on all things social. Okay. Uh, once again, my name is Kyle Dubiel, filmmaker, uh, photo- photographer. Uh, you can find me uh, on my website, dubielfilm.com, or my Instagram, Kyle Dubiel. If you aren't already, you should definitely be following Kyle on all of his socials and his website as well. Yeah, absolutely. You can find Kyle on Instagram at Kyle Dubiel. That's K-Y-L-E-D-U-B-I-E-L, all one word. Or you can find him on his website, which is dubielfilms.com. As always, we'll have everything linked in our description below. 
You can follow us on our show at The Podcast Imperfect on Instagram. If you would like to be a featured artist on the show, you can send us a DM or email us at thepodcastimperfect at gmail.com. And you can follow me at Quiet Open Space, all one word. And you could follow me at Rebecca Nisco Music, all one word as well. <laughs> we love it. Cheeky. <laughs> cheeky, cheeky. Yeah. Well, I hope, I don't know, have a starlight day. Is that a nice thing to say? I don't know. That is a beautiful thing to say. Have a starlight day. <laughs>